Hey, good morning. Glad to be here today. Um, Andy, thanks so much. Andy, I always joke with Andy at the police station because I'm the younger, better looking one. And, uh, um, yeah, um, I'm glad to be here today. I, um, I want to thank uh, David. Thanks for inviting me, David, wherever you're watching from. Uh, you're not here, but I am. And uh, everyone, whoever you invited, they're all here today. But um, I got to visit the Iron Man of God, um, I think about seven years ago, right before we started the church. And, um, and I came in, I sat in the back, and um, I just look around the room today and see so much growth. And I see some faces, I think, that were here at the very beginning. And um, I'm, just, I'm glad to be here today. Um, I... Um, I got a little bit emotional, honestly, just a few moments ago. I'm not, a, I'm not an emotional person, and uh, I don't know if you're supposed to cry with a bunch of guys in the room. And um, okay, David cries, so it's okay. It's it's the it's the um, it's the spirit of David Hill in the room. And um, but I uh, I got a gift um, from uh, the men of of the, the the leaders, the prayer team, and and I got this gift. And I don't know if they, you guys know what's in this gift, but if you speak here, you get this incredible gift. And I like gifts. I'm a, I love, I love gifts. Uh, gifts are, gifts is my love language. It's also my, it's my first love language. It's also my second love language. And um, so uh, if your wife tries it on you, don't let them. But for me, I like gifts and I like gifts. And uh, I'm so thankful. And I was over there thinking, uh, there's probably six or seven guys laying hands on me and praying over me. And I'll be honest with you guys, I am tired. And man, I, I'm, I'm a young leader. I thought to myself during, this, uh, during the last two years, uh, we launched the church the first year, um, 100 people gave their life to Christ. The, over the next few years, another 100 people, we baptized 130 people in the last seven years. And like a lot of things were going so good. And I'm like, man, we are, we are like taken, we're like, we're gonna reach Winter Garden. We're gonna reach the world. Like we were so excited. We're like, we're in Acts 1-8 church and Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts. Like everything was going so good. And then the pandemic happened and I'm going, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? And so for the last two years, we did everything we could to keep our church together. We're a portable church. And uh, we, for two years, we worked super hard to keep connected. And honestly, we did more ministry in that two years, in that year and a half or however long it's been, um, so like it's been seven years, the pandemic's been seven years, however long it's been, we've worked our bottoms off and uh, we've connected and loved and served the best way we possibly could. And then, then everything opened back up again and we just kept on going and we're just moving and we're cruising and we're going. And I found myself a few weeks ago, I told my wife, I said, hon, I am tired. Like I am exhausted. Um, I found myself praying. Um, I have like really spiritual prayers. I don't know what your prayers are like. Um, but during the pandemic, I was like, God, please send someone to lead our church that can do it better than I can, you know? <laughs> I'm like praying my way out of a job, you know? I'm like, all right, God, I, it's time for somebody else to come and do it. And I could think of a lot of people that could do this better uh, than, I, than I could do it. And so um, political um, division and racial division and economic division and all, like, we had like every division there possibly was, right? I feel like that's where we're at. And, and leading in the middle of all that, it is really, really, really tiring. And it's exhausting. And um, you don't get a break. And when you're supposed to be breaking, your people don't honor that you're taking a break. They're still calling you. And um, I just, my spirits were lifted up. And so if I could challenge you to do anything, is I would challenge you to stay here in this group of people. And if you're new, I wanna challenge you to lean in a little bit further and get a little bit, little bit deeper. I, um, Chaplain Andy was just telling me, because my life really changed when I started coming to the Iron Man of God. And so I don't know where you fit in on that. I'm giving you a plug to tell you 
to dive in a little bit deeper because you need some guys in your life that are going to hold your arms up. Because I don't know about you, but it, sometimes it gets tiring holding your arms up, your own arms up. And um, I've met some great, there's some great men in this room here today, but leadership is hard. Leadership is hard. I was talking to this, this the MC this morning. I was saying, where, you know, what do you do? Where are you at? And downtown Winter Garden, I meet downtown Orlando, Deeply Coffee. You ought to go check it out. It's worth the drive. And I was, um, I meet with a bunch of business leaders um, downtown Winter, downtown Orlando. I drive down there and just lift those guys' arms up. Because when you're in leadership, it is hard. It is, it's exhausting. And so I realized if you think about it for a long time, it gets really depressing. You know, I'm like, so I try to think about how hard the job is. And so um, I'm just thankful today to be here. Um, I, love, I love speaking to, to men because I feel like the influence can multiply when you guys walk out of here. And so here's what I wanna ask you to do when you walk out of here, multiply the vision. Multiply, the, multiply whatever it is that God speaks into your life. Go out and share it with somebody else. And so you can do that. You guys can take this. And you can go out there and you can share it with your wife. You can share it with your kids. And um, I have two speeds of speaking, hard and fast. And uh, they give you just a few moments while you're up here. So I really just want to toss it into overdrive. Usually in my church, church that I get to serve at, it's not my church, it's God's church. You, you know what I mean? My wife sits somewhere in the front row and she's saying this, slow down, slow down, slow down. So you're on the front row, you're on the front row. You guys are not my wives. And, uh, <clears throat> but if you see me going fast, she's going, slow down, slow down, slow down. And so... Um, I'm glad to be here today. Um, I have a wife. We've been married for 17 years. If you're married here today, let me see your hands. Cool, awesome. Put them down. Marriage is the hardest thing that you'll ever do. It is the hardest thing that you'll ever do. And um, I, the second hardest thing that you'll ever do is raise kids. Is raise kids. Those are the two. Those are the two. Those are two of the hardest things that you'll ever do. Starting a business is obviously exhausting, but there is nothing like living with someone who knows all your good and all your bad or who gets your good and also gets your bad. There is nothing like that. And also having kids, man, there's no, I feel like the Holy Spirit lives in all four of my kids because they're always correcting me. Just want to just, bam, you know, and love them. But it's like, I have a 14 year old and she knows everything. 14 is so hard. Somebody just say, like, it's going to get, just, some, just remind me when we leave today, it's going to get better. Come on, somebody just tell me it's going to get better. I don't, you can lie to me. I don't care. Lie to me. <clears throat> Hopefully it will get better. Um, I have an 11-year-old son, and he is, uh, he is awesome. One of our core values of our church is generous. We are generous. He models that. My 14 models the opposite of generosity. My 11-year-old, he models generosity. And uh, if, you sin a lot of t- if you do a lot of sinning in your life, there are consequences for sin. You know that there's consequences for sin. And so the consequences for all my young, early, early years of life from zero to, to about a year ago, no, I'm kidding. Um, all the, con- the consequences for all the sins I've done in my life was God gave me a set of twins. That was the consequences for my sin. And, um, and I don't believe in, I think the punishment has been wiped away. God did all that on the cross. I, I believe in Jesus. Like we're not, I believe in grace, like all the things, right? I'm not, I'm not a heretic, but there are consequences. And the consequences that he gave me was like, was twins. And so I have, a, I have, two, I have seven-year-old kids. One's a girl and, and one is a boy. And it started off pretty smooth. And at year, at year, about year four, year five, uh, one of them had a personality the whole way through. At year five, now they both have personalities and they're different and it's miserable. Uh, this, this, the seven, yeah, the seven-year-old, he looks sweet. Everybody at church wants to take him home, but he's the kind of kid that you have to sleep with one eye open because he'll kill you in your sleep. You know, he's the, it's the kind of, he has a savage instinct, you know, and so um, 
we have an off-duty we have an off-duty cop that, that we that we pay to be at our at our at our church every Sunday. And uh, really his job is just to make sure my son doesn't kill me on Sunday mornings. You know, I'm like, just keep an eye on him. <laughs> if he reaches, he's like, dad, when can I get a pocket knife? And I'm like, never, you are a serial killer for the future. So I'm like, you cannot. But I, um, I, love, I love the church. I love, I love my, my wife. And um, I don't know if she loves me today, but I know that I love her today. And uh, I love my kids and I love sharing the good news. And um, I have to um, pull out my phone because there is a time limit. I wanna honor the time limit, but it's my assignment today to talk to you today about the passion zone. I don't know if you're reading this book or not, but you should be, because it's really good. And um, I buy everything on Amazon. I don't know about you, but I buy everything on Amazon. Little did I know this one was used. And so I got the cheat sheet. This guy's already highlighted it for me. Like, I'm good to go. <clears throat> I'm like, good to go. Like, I got all the Cliff Note versions. And I'm like, I looked at it the other day. I bought it almost you know, five, six months ago, whenever uh, David told me to, to buy the book and, and to be preparing. And, and I'm like, I looked at it the other day. I'm like, man, I've already done the answers in this book. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. You know, my wife can't get me to finish one book, but uh, David's got me to finish the whole entire book already, you know, <laughs> all through osmosis. But this, the subject matter of the day is the passion zone. Can I ask you a question today? What are you passionate about? Here's what you need to know in here today. That every single one of you today, you're passionate about something. Every single one of you guys are passionate about something. And so I see one of my arch rivals across the room over here today. This guy has a Florida State shirt on. I'm a Florida Gator fan. And um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I know. So some of you guys just turn me off for the rest of the few moments that I have. It's okay. I'm not going to judge you, but God will. And um, I, I've been a Florida fan since I was a little boy. My dad took me to be a Florida. And so I, I'm not passionate about it, but I am a fan of the, of the Florida Gators. I'm also uh, I don't, I'm definitely not passionate about this. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, um, but since inception, I've been a Miami Dolphin fan. That's all I've ever known. <clears throat> and so it's been a long, it's been a long, it's been a, I'm 40. It's been a long 40 years for me. You know, I've never seen a winning season. You know, I'm like, we're like, I'm like, for the Gators, I'm like praying Tebow will come back. And for the Dolphins, I'm praying Dan Marino will come back, you know? And um, 1972 for the Dolphins was, a perf, was the perfect season, the only ever perfect season. And every year my fall, I was like, this is our year. I'm like, it's never been our year. It has never been our year. We have a young adult gathering that met um, that meets it meets in the Masons Lodge. I don't know if that's good or bad, but we meet in the Masons Lodge for this young adult gathering. It's our twenty to thirty. So once a month, we'll gather fifty to sixty young people. It's our last sec, last night was our second time ever doing it. And, and uh, the the guys got a church like Pastor Wes. We want to make sure we get in and get out. Today. I'm like, why? He's like, because we got to go watch the draft. You can be passionate. Everybody is passionate about something in this room in here today. Maybe, you don't, maybe you're not passionate about sports. Maybe you're passionate about chasing around that little $5 golf ball. You know, like maybe it is, you know, and that's an expensive sport. I, I love golf. Maybe you're passionate about golf or maybe you're, pot, you're passionate about uh, underwater basket weaving. I don't know what you're into. I don't know the whole room, but you're passionate about something. And so everyone in this room is, is, has a passion. And so God put in me to start a church in this city. And I began, I be, I began to get really passionate about starting a church. And one of the things about starting a church is that you have to raise money. Like starting a business, you have to raise funds to go out and do the thing that you're gonna do. If you start a business, you have to go put together a business plan and, and you have to develop, you have to pull in resources to go out and launch and to, and to buy and to get all the things that you need to, to start a life-giving life -giving church. I know a lot of you guys go to Mosaic. I met with Renault right down below here. And I said, Renault, I'm gonna start a church. And the first thing he said to me was, don't do it. That's what he said to me. <laughs> And I was like, all right, I wasn't expecting that, but thanks. Appreciate the encouragement, you know? And 
It's hard enough to get this meeting with you. It took me six years to get the meeting with you, and you finally took it. <clears throat> Shots fired. I'm just kidding. It just saved me a long time. I knew someone who knew him, and they got me the meeting. And so I'm like, so I was like, and I'm like in a little, I'm like a little annoying middle school kid. So he's like, I'll pray for you. It's awesome. He said, come back and let me know if you decide if you're going to do it or not. So I, sure enough, started calling him again, you know, because I knew it was going to take a while. And I got, I said, hey, he gave me his number. I said, hey, you said to, if I was going to do it to call you back. And I said, I'm back, baby. And so we met again downstairs and I met with him. He said, okay, cool. Awesome. I'll pray for your wife. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem like, I need you to pray for me. I'm starting this church, you know? And he's like, I'll pray for your wife. And he's like, if you decide you want to do it, come back and let me know. And so the third time I went and get there, I, I called the West Orange High School. I got the high school locked down. I went and built my launch team. I started raising money. I called him again. I was like, hey, I'm coming, baby. I'm here. He's like, cool. You, I'm, I've been praying for your wife. <clears throat> you, didn't, you didn't heed my warning. <laughs> <clears throat> he's like, you wouldn't be tired if you wouldn't have started that church, you know, that you talked about when you opened up. And, and he said, <clears throat> hey, you're going you're gonna to do it. Like, what, what can I help you with? And so we've launched this church and we got going. And what I found is that I, I launched this church out of a lot of passion. And I realized that passion won't get you to the end game. <clears throat> and I was, I've been so mad for two years because I've been running on passion. You know, like that works in marriage, you know? <laughs> Like I've been running on, like whatever it is, I've been so passionate and I realized I have to do a, a passion, a passion refocus. <clears throat> and so God in the last two years really has changed what I'm passionate about. I could be, bar I could be embarrassed about what I'm gonna share with you in just a moment, but I realized today that I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a pretty safe environment, but hopefully that you'll change what you're passionate about also today. So I wanna give you two things. I've watched the last, two communicators, and <clears throat> I feel like there's a theme with the last few communicators. They only give you guys a couple of verses, and so I don't know if it's just not a smart group, and you guys can only handle two verses, <laughs> or what the deal is, but there's a theme where they only give just two verses, and so normally at my church, I preach a whole 10 verses, and then I, I get up there and pull a couple nuggets out there and send the people out encouraged and inspired and passionate, and so I want to give you two verses that I think maybe would help you today in your journey, and maybe help you to have a passion refocus. Just two things. If I can only give you two things at my church, I only give them two to three things, and you can manage two to three things. I think we all can manage two to three things, and so I want to give you those things today. But I do believe this. If you read the book and you looked at the first chapter, um, or you looked at chapter four, when it comes to talking about this passion, one of the phrases in the, um, in the opening chapter said this, the core problem is, is, not, is, is not that we are too passionate about bad things, but we are not passionate enough about good things. And so when I read that, that, that's what I've been plagued for. Passion's not bad. We're just, we're just not passionate about all the right things. <clears throat> we have a lot of passions. And again, they're not bad, but we're not like, you, you, you can't, you, you, we're torn between the two. The Bible talks about you can't serve two masters. And so we're really passionate about all these things, but God's just saying, hey, I really want you to lean your passion into hopefully Iron Man of God this morning. Hopefully you can lean a little bit of passion into these two tanks over here today. And if you lead a little bit of, like if you lean a little bit of passion, these two tanks, I think the overflow will look right. In my, in my neighborhood, my wife and I walk sometimes and uh, the, one of the neighbors has a, what's called a French drain. If you have a house, you probably have it. If you live in Florida, you probably have a French drain. But it's this, 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 these drains that, you know, there's a slope and in your backyard, the water pools there. And so what you can do is you put a bucket in there and you can slope that bucket of water through this sock pipe to the end of the street and the water comes out down the end. Now the key is every few feet you drop it an inch. 
And so as, you, as the water hits in there, it begins to get this speed and, and the water pressure begins to flow out. And so what I'm suggesting you to you today is that maybe if you can put a little bit of passion into a few things I'm gonna give you today, then maybe it'll flow out into all the other areas of your life. And I just don't think that systematic living really works that well. Yeah, we, don't we try that though? Okay, cool, I'm gonna, give my wife 10, I'm gonna give my wife 10% and my kids 10% and my job 38%. And, and we start beginning to put all the things, our job, by the way, our job usually gets more percentages. It's not right, but it's what we do. But we find ourselves in these seasons where we begin, to, we begin to balance out all the buckets. And have you realized, I don't know if you've tried this or not, but balancing does not work that well. It is hard, it's exhausting, and I really think it's overrated. And so what I wanna challenge you to do is if you can dump all your, if you can refocus and dump all of your, most of your eggs into these two baskets, I believe a trickle effect will happen into all the areas. So I wanna give you a couple of things, but reminding you today that we are not passionate enough about the, about the good things. And in my, in my life, and in my line of work, usually I always, I always take out the word good and I just drop one of the O's and call them God things. And hopefully you're here today because you're interested at some level in God things. And um, before I go any further, I want you guys to know, I didn't say this earlier, but I love you guys. And I believe in you. And I think whatever it takes, whatever, you, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, I think you can accomplish it. One of our core values at our church is we are encouragers because it's so hard out there. I call it, the, ever since COVID, I've called everything out there in the wild. I'm like, it's hard in the wild. <laughs> it's hard in the wild. I've been to, I've been to Nairobi, Kenya, and, and I've been on safaris. And I just hate safaris because I just feel like that little guy can't protect me from that lion. That's what I feel like when I'm on the safaris, you know? And <clears throat> I just feel like out there, it's just, it's, just it's, it's the wild out there. Like you just really don't, you really don't know what's gonna happen. You just, everything out there is just, you're, I'm just not quite sure anymore. So I call it, call it the wild. And so I've also, I used to be passionate about the Orlando Magic. <clears throat> My dad has third row seats and he's like, son, you want tickets? My dad can't even give third row seats away. That's how bad we are right now. You know, I'm just like, when you can't, I'm like, dad, quit wasting your money. Nobody like, it'll be like seven o'clock. The game's at seven o'clock. He's like, I, can't, I couldn't find anyone all week long to take these tickets. Nobody's buying them. And so let me give you a couple things to be passionate about. Here's the first one. I wanna encourage you, if you're gonna redirect your passion or get in this passion zone, I, I believe with all my heart, number one, that you gotta have a passion for God's word. You gotta have a passion for God's word. All these guys that I've talked with in, with the red shirts, for the, I get here, you gotta get here at 6.30 to pray. You don't have to, you get to. And all of them have already mentioned about how they've already read God's word this morning. And I go, for the last 45 minutes, I've been trying to get myself to get here. Like I've had to wake, I, two, three alarm clocks this morning. You know, like that's how rough it was. You know, like <clears throat> five, 5.40, I'm like, come on, Wes, you can do this. I'm pep talking myself. I'm like, get in the passion zone. You know, like I'm like preaching my message to myself to get out of bed. And these guys have already talked about reading the Bible already this morning. You gotta, you gotta have a passion for his work because here's what I realized in the last two years. Nothing has helped me like God's words helped me. I've tried. <laughs> tried everything. There's nothing, nothing has helped me like God's word has. And I, I got to a point in my life where I, I got, I went home one day. I was, I, I think I'd met with Andy and, 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 and Chief Ogden, and I got to my house, and during all the things that we saw, and I had people coming and, and people going, and people like, Pastor, we are still, are we still a church? And all the things that we've experienced the last two years, I wish you would have said this, I wish you would have done this. I'm like, I wish you would have had this job and not me. 
<clears throat> I found myself in the, in the I, I, by the way, my, I grew up, my dad's black, my mom is white. That, is, that, that makes me a African-American. And um, <clears throat> there it goes. It takes a while sometimes, but not early it is. But <clears throat> can I be honest with you? I've been confused my whole entire life. My, my dad grew up in a, in a city called Eatonville. And when I would go to Eatonville, I always got picked last because I, was, I, I wasn't black enough. I went to a small private school. And I didn't get included there because I was too black. And so my whole life, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And the only people that really accepted me were, were people who were, were Hispanic because, like, obviously, he's, he's Spanish. <laughs> I had to clarify that because some of you guys are like, no, that's, that's my Spanish brother. You know, you're, you're like, that's my guy. And I'm like, my dad's black, my mom is white, and I've lived in this tension my whole entire life. And so I've always tried to fit in. Everywhere, everywhere I had to go, I had to try to fit in. And I had to try to, like, blend in and, like, try to try to chameleon in. And so I always use comedy and I've, and I've always gotten, that's why we've laughed a lot today because to me, my, 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 my go-to is comedy. And, and I've always, even at home, I had to fit in. I grew up at a home where my dad was abusive to my mom. I never stood up to him until I was 19 years old. I remember laying in bed with my little, there's six of us. That's, I have a lot of dysfunction, by the way. Here it comes out. Um, it's very therapeutic to preach, but there's six of us. And I remember coming home from college and sleeping in the bed. And, um, you know, we grew up in a three-bedroom house, six of us, mom, my dad. And I remember my, hearing my little sister say, I hate my dad. And so I grew up in that. So I'd go home. And I was just, my dad would come home, and, and everyone liked him everywhere else. When we got home, like, no one liked him anywhere in our house. Like, who likes the person that beats their mom? You know, like, that's not a... And, I, you know, having to pick my dad up from Bennigan's every Friday night at 2 a.m. as a 16-year-old, like, that's, that's, a little bit, that's a little bit traumatizing. And so I've kind of, everywhere I've gone, I've tried, I get to church, and my dad always told us this thing, which I don't let fly in my house. My dad always says, he always taught us what happens here stays here. And that made me realize I can't say anything at, at church. But I love church. And the place I got punished from the most was church. It was the safest environment for me. So when I was 15, I had a couple guys come alongside me, a youth pastor and a mentor. And they've been running, those two guys have been running me for my whole entire life, which is why you need mentors. And so I have all this. So I'm laying in bed and I'm, I'm to preach. I'm, I'm, during the pandemic for four months, I'm driving to Tampa every week to preach my messages because we, we're, we're portable. And my friend's capturing all this content and, he's, and I'm coming back and he's emailing it to me and we're putting it out every Sunday, nine o'clock, 10.30, every single week. And we're doing the best we can I remember during the, going home and sitting on my bed just crying, going, I can't do this. And God said to me, are you, you can't do this? And I was like, yeah, I just said that. Like, you know my thoughts. <laughs> I just told you. And he's like, cool. All right, I got you. Are you ready to go now? And I was like, that's how this works? And he's like, can I ask you to do something? He's like, yeah. He's like, can you quit reading the Bible to preach messages and start reading it for transformation for you? I was so mad at him. I'm still mad at him. <laughs> <clears throat> He just said to me, you can't do this without God's word. Leon Meyer, I was, 50, I was a 23-year-old youth pastor, and Leon Meyer said to me, uh, young, uh, a military guy his whole life, and he said, I was 20 years old when I went to boot camp. He goes, and I got a little Gideon's Bible, and I got a Ziploc bag. Every place I've ever been, I've taken that little Gideon's Bible with me. And I read that Bible. He was, at that point when I met him, he was 40 years old. He goes, I read the Bible every single day for 20, for 20 years. He goes, in Germany, in the snow, in the water, any kind of training I've ever done, I've, I've took God's word with me. And so can I, lead, can I ask you, like, if you're going right, to have the right kind of passions, have a passion for God's word. I love what the apostle Paul said. Here's, here's verse number one, Galatians chapter one, verse 12. 
I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. I always get mad at my church because we have the revelation of Jesus Christ, but we don't go to it. In the beginning was the word, and the word was, we got God. We, we get to access God, and God said to me in that, in that season, are you going to do this without me? And I get amnesia. I get so mad at myself because when we launched the church, we had to raise $100,000, and I raised, and I raised the first 5000 and I raised the next 10,000, and I hit a little bit of a dry spot. And I thought, God, I can't, I can't raise the next, you, I'm not smart at math, but you, I, can't, I can't finish the rest. <laughs> Kidding. I couldn't raise the rest. And God's like, oh, cool, are you done now? Are you done with your first five or 10? Can I, are you gonna let me lead, are you gonna let me raise the rest or are you gonna keep on doing it on your own? And I'm like, dang it, how many times, how many times in my life do I need God to remind me that passion ain't gonna get me there? And so he says to us, and I love, the Apostle Paul said, I know, I, get, I don't get my content from the magazines. <laughs> I don't get my content. I don't want to step on anybody's toes today. Okay, yes, I do. I don't, want, I don't get my content from whatever your favorite news source is. He says, I get my content from God's word. We're living in a day and age where there's more content consumed than ever because it's readily available. And I just want to encourage you today, this is what God needed me to hear is that Galatians 1.12 tells us that Paul said, I just, I just got direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and he said, <laughs> well, you know what he said. He said, I live by the word of God. I'm a very ADHD preacher, and so I will read a passage of scripture. I'm like, oh, that's really good, and I won't even get the full context. Some of you guys are like, well, we're never gonna visit your church. You don't even read the whole, you don't get the whole context. You need the whole context. So I'll read passages of scripture and I won't even, I'll get so excited about the first little nugget that I'll forget there's a whole entire context. So for example, the, the, um, <clears throat> the children of Israel, when God said, hey, here's this manna. I was so excited about the manna. I'm like, did you know that God brought food every single day? I get so passionate up there. I'm like, yeah, God brought food every single day. And then I get to the point where he's like, hey, on the, on the last day, right before the Sabbath, you can get enough for two days. And that's gonna, because it's gonna spoil every day. And so you just, just enough for today, just enough for today. Now, when we get to about Friday or Saturday, we need you to take enough for two because you're not gonna get enough for the next couple of days. And I thought to myself, how many times do I, am I gonna run out and just forgetting the fact that God's called me to have a passion for his word? And so here I'm here today to tell you I'm recovering um, anti-Bible reader. <laughs> like I'm like, now I'm in it. Now I'm in it for the right reasons. And so many seasons of my life, I just, because passion can take you far. Have you noticed that? Like you can get like, my wife and I, we've, like, we've, we've gone through some tough seasons, which if you've been married, you've gone through tough seasons. And what, my buddies last, I was, we were on vacation a year ago and our best friends, they're overseers of our church. Like, hey, you guys need a restart. Like you got to go away without your kids and just have a lot of sex. And I'm like, that's why you got to have men in your life speaking into you. If I, how many of you know, like, if you tell your wife that, she ain't gonna listen to you, but if, you're, if, you're, if your mentors tell you, they're like, I'm in, <laughs> literally. And so I was like, that's what we're gonna do. We're going away, and I've, I've been trying to tell, like, I'm like, babe, we're tired. Like, we gotta get away, and we need a restart. We gotta just, and you, you just, I don't know what season of life you're in, but you need God's word in your life. And so I'm, I, I hate to say it, but be like these men. They've already read the Bible already today. Open up the, get them, you need the manna every day. Wake up every day and get God's word. And get it in your system. And have, the Bible says be ready to give a, 
be ready to give a word, like be, be instant in season. Ask like you should have enough words in you so that you're ready to go. We asked one of our young, uh, our young future leaders coming up there. He's like, hey, do you want to preach? Our, our youth pastor asked me, hey, do you want to preach? And the guy's like, well, when, when do you want me to preach? He's like, I need, I, I need about two weeks to prepare. And so last night I saw him at the young adult gathering. I'm like, hey, did you tell Ryan that you need two weeks to prepare? I'm like, you better go home and get in your Bible. You, you should be ready in about 10 minutes. Like, get, get, open up that Bible and get going. Like, you need to get, you get God's word and you can just get up and start talking about God's word. That's what Jesus did. He talked about God's word and he helped people. It's pretty, I'm a pretty simple guy, as you can tell. Get, get God's word in you. What am I gonna say? Every time that we get together and we hang out, wherever you hang out, you should be talking about God's word every time you get together, whoever, whoever you're gathering with. Do you know your life could be different? Man, how'd you know that? Hey, do you know that you, you know God has a plan for your life? Jeremiah 20, 11, like, did you know that God loves you? Did you know that you, like, I, I met with a guy a few weeks ago and he's like, I'm not saved. I'm like, oh, cool, tell me, what, tell me why you're not saved. That's what I do, that's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> tell me why you're not saved. He starts telling me, well, you know, I don't, I said, oh, no, no, you don't like church. You don't like church. I said, keep telling me more about your thing. He's like, oh, I, I said, oh, something happened to you. Like, oh, you have a problem with church because something happened to you. I'm like, you, I, more I'm talking, I'm like, you are saved. Like, you, you believe that Jesus Christ, like, he begins explaining me, he's explaining me salvation after he's told me why he doesn't like, I said, oh, you're saved, but you just have, you put your faith in, you, you, you've been living on the faith in the people instead of the faith in the person. And so I begin to explain, oh, I, oh, I never, yeah, that's, that's what happened to me. <laughs> and so this guy, I've been hanging out with him for two years. I'm baptizing him in two weeks. Because I've been able to disciple him for the last year and a half. He comes to my men's Bible study every single, every, every single week. And he's just, he's never read the Bible before. And so he's like, how do you use that version thing? It's like, it's like this most complex, <laughs> like it's this most complex app. He runs a multi-million dollar um, advertising company, but he doesn't know how to use version. You know, he knows how to run all of this stuff here. <laughs> but he, like, I'm like, it's just, you just, open, it's just, you flip it open. <laughs> you just, you know, it's starting the book of John. It's safer, you know, like read all the red letters. That's, if you read all the red letters, you'll be in good shape. Here's the second, a passion for his word and a passion for his kingdom. <clears throat> and a passion for, and a passion for his kingdom. Um, the Bible says in Matthew chapter six, verse 33, you know the verse, but seek first his kingdom. And so that's where I kind of got this idea of if you just put everything in these baskets, it'll all flow out the way it's supposed to flow out. Because this verse, this one verse, my, my church was like, man, our church, people that you know that are Christian, like, where, where did you get that from? Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first kingdom of God. And I, that's pretty good. That's the ADD preacher. I'm right there. I'm like, seek first the kingdom of God. He has a plan for your life. He, you know, like, and then I'm like, I, I went up there and preached that. And then as I've gotten older, I, I read the whole Bible. And then I'm like, and then it said this. I'm like, oh, with most verses I know, I didn't realize there was more to the verse. Like, dude, you got, I know someone here today has severe ADHD, so you can resonate with what I'm saying. The rest of the people are looking at me kind of judgmental, but the rest of you are like, I get it. And then it said this, and all these things will be given to you as well. And so we don't have time to talk about all the things that will be added unto you. But where's what I learned? If you just go back and look backwards, just, just read back a few or five verses, it starts telling you all these things that will be added, the things that actually really matter. And so I believe that God is a God of order. The Bible, I don't believe that. The Bible believes that. I love, as a, I love as a, when you lead a church, people go, Pastor, what do you, what do you think about? Pastor, what's our position? I say, well, you, you just gotta read the Bible and you get your own position. Like, I'm gonna tell you what the Bible says. What do you think about, 
I think what the Bible thinks. Because I, w- I have a passion for his word and a passion for his kingdom. And so he tells us, if we put God first, all these things will be given unto you. I believe God's a God of order. If we put God first, everything else will fall in the right, in the right order. I'm a, I'm a preacher, a, a Baptist background, and a recovering Baptist. Um, so everything has two points. Everything's two points in a poem or three points in a poem. I think the, the big three triggers in our life are finances, future, and family. In some sort of order, those are the three bigs. And I just think if we put God first and we get his word in our life and we get, you know, my, my sister-in-law had a blood transfusion two days ago. And I just think if we give ourselves a transfusion of scripture every day and get that in us and get that, that will clean out some of that junk in me. I have a lot of junk inside of me. I think, hopefully, I'm, I think I'm in good company. Um, the Bible says that, that we all do. You know, like, and I'm like just trying to get all that out of me. Like, and I just, I realized the more I get in his word, the more he uses that as a transfusion in my life. And I've, and then, so, and then secondly, I realized if I can get, if I can get focused on the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, I realize that my wife is way more important than I, than I, than I act when I put him first. And it, Renault said this to me, this is the most powerful thing he said to me. He said that, um, I would work on trying to keep your family together. He goes, most guys work on keeping their church together. He said, but if you lose, the, you lose your family, you're gonna lose the church. So I tell my wife every week, I, growth is not a, people are like, oh, you're a fast growing church in this city, man. You guys went from 100 to 200 to 300 and 400 and 663 on Easter. And I'm like, I, that's not the goal. The goal is healthy. We're just trying to be a healthy church. Here's what I realized. If healthy things always grow. I mean, unless you don't know how to keep a plant alive, but outside of that, most things that you fuel that are, if it's healthy, it'll grow. But if it's not healthy, you are gonna be in trouble. So I'm trying to be healthy. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to spend the, the I'm trying to spend time in this word and I'm trying to focus on the kingdom of God. And when you learn about the kingdom of God, you realize that he's placed a space for family and all these things that are important to you they will all begin to flush themselves out in the way they're supposed to flush out. So getting, I'm, and again, I didn't say go to church. You are, kingdom people go to church. Kingdom people are the church. So they, they kind of go to, we are the bride of Christ. God has prepared, a, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should both boast. That's one verse. The very next verse is where you get context, and it says this, those people who are children of God, they then go out and do the work that God's prepared for them to go out and do. So we've gotta be focused on his word and focus on his kingdom. Everything begins to flush out. And so um, I hope that encouraged you this morning. Here's what I think. You probably have questions about that. I know I talk fast and I know you're some of you guys like, I think you might've misquoted that one. Maybe I did. So you need to come to coffee next week and ask your table group leaders, hey, I have a question about what he said last week because I think he might, it might've been heretical. I don't know, but it wasn't. It wasn't. I tell people all the time, you can go back and watch the last 50 Sundays times seven years that I've preached at Hope Church, and you probably can pull out some heresy because I just talked so fast and I forgot to complete a sentence because I got so excited about the next verse. <laughs> and so if you have questions about any of these things, if you're like, how do you even, so, I mean, a lot of people, they don't even know how to read the God, they don't even know how to read God's word. You want me to get passionate about something I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to do? Then just ask your table eater, or come to the coffee next week at Four Rivers and say, hey, I don't even know how to read. I would love to read the Bible. I would love to spend time with these guys that 
what are you, what are you getting out of that? Like, how do you read the Bible and, and leave excited about that? Tran- I didn't know the church I grew up, there was only one translation. It was the original, 1611, which is not the original. Like, it's not Greek, it's not Hebrew, everything after that, it's not original. But I, we grew up KJV only, shirts and ties my whole entire life. And but the pastor said, get a passion for where I'm going. I don't even speak in these and thou's. And so I wanna encourage you, get in his word, have a passion for it, get a passion for the kingdom, and he'll lead you in the ways that you should go. Let me pray for you. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for these men. We're thankful for your word today. We're thankful that we get an opportunity to sit together this morning and talk about your word. Thank you for this group of men. Lord, thank you for the leadership of it. Lord, I pray that we'd put your word all in our life, just be immersed in it. And I pray that we would just be about the kingdom, be about the kingdom in our homes and in our jobs and in our churches and with our kids on Saturday and on the Sabbath. Lord, in all these things in our life, I pray that we'd put the kingdom, we'd be all about the kingdom. And then all these things will be added unto us. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Give it up, give it up.